Today's episode of After Later is brought to you in part by Alamo Remedy CBD. Yes, there is a lot of CBD companies out there, but Alamo Remedy is for Texans, by Texans, and built in Texas. Alamo Remedy has one mission. Your wellness shouldn't break the bank, and that's why they price all of their products at just $17.99. That's almost half off compared to other national brands. Alamo, R-E-M-E-D-Y dot com, promo code after later at checkout, 10% off. Delicious hemp-derived CBD gummies, cucumber melon-scented CBD lotions, capsules, tinctures. Every product features 250 milligrams of CBD and only costs $17.99. So everybody can afford them and you get the best quality CBD products. AlamoRemedy.com. Enter the promo code at checkout after later. That's all caps, all one word for 10% off all products and free shipping on orders over $49. Now, Alamo Remedy loves Texas, but they are happy to ship to you anywhere in the great U.S. of A. I've got my order coming soon. Can't wait to tell you about how great they work for me. Don't forget, promo code after later, great CBD products at alamoremedy.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the After Later podcast. My name is John Wessling. I am your host. Thank you very much for uh, for joining me here today, listening to the podcast. Uh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, there, if you're a regular listener, you noticed that something was different right off the bat. I, I would like to welcome um, one of my, my, my first ever uh, sponsor. Uh, yeah, man, that's really, really cool. I feel like we're marching toward respectability. Like, this is becoming an actual thing now, right? Like... I've been monetizing a little bit off the podcast, uh, but we're talking nickels, dimes, right? I think uh, my, my till up to now was around $40, okay? So, you know, I was due. I was I was due for this turnaround to become just a smidge toward profitable, a little bit more respectability. So I'd like to thank the fine people at Alamo Remedy CBD. Uh, how cool is that? I'm really, really excited. Now, I, I, I'm going to be happy to give you all kinds of testimonials about the the quality and the efficacy of uh, Alamo Remedy CBD products, but I haven't got them yet. So, uh, yeah, this is a brand new relationship. They are in the mail toward me. And trust me, uh, I need it. Okay, I'm 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 getting old and busted, and uh, I need some of those nice restorative. Uh, yeah, there you go. My my daughter's giving me a back rub. Oh, nice scratch right there. That's where it hurts too. Oh, right there in the middle. You know, so I, yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the 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 effects of the CBD on the just the back, the overall malaise. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I've heard it sound wonders as a side effect from my other use of that pr- m- m- sort of product, <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. Uh, but thank you very much uh, to Alamo Remedy CBD. Don't forget promo code after later. Brr, brr, brr. Now that's only one of my newest sponsors. I ha- I'm coming to you now after about you know, about half a week. I took off. I had to take a little bit of time off, get some things in order, uh, focus on real life a little bit. Something I think we all need to do every now and then, as we are in this great tumultuous times. You know, every now and then you kind of have to stop and and uh, really focus on the immediate shit, right? And that's kind of what what I've been up to the last week, uh, getting this thing taken care of, doing a little bit of work on on the podcast. I had some live shows that I did over the weekend that I kind of had to have my mess together for, um, which was you know interesting interesting vibe. I had Father's Day. I, I really needed to take Father's Day and just sort of chill with that with the family, so that was good. Uh, but I have two. I got two sponsors. 
I got two. I'm going to play a commercial for you for the other one uh, coming up here in a couple of minutes. Uh, but let me just say uh, uh, thanks to uh, Joe over at uh, Old Humble Distillery. Uh, local, they're making bourbon here in Houston, Texas. And uh, I've met the guy a couple times, you know, um, we just kind of barely, you know, passed uh, our, 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 our paths crossed uh, very briefly uh, a couple of years back when I was with the Whiskey Brothers. And uh, I've seen him at a couple of different shows. I know he and he started supporting other comics doing uh, live shows and and uh, their Zoom shows and, and things like that. And I was like, I hit him up and said, hey, man, how about we, we start making some ads for some of your products uh, here on the After Later podcast? Uh, so we did. We started that. So I've got uh, a little bit more money, a little bit more booze around my house. I like drinking local Houston bourbon. That's something you can't do much you know what i mean that's cool that's cool so looking forward to uh, playing that for you a little bit but like i said just you know life right that's how i feel lately like life just boy just when you think you're getting used to the new normal and things are straightening out a little bit uh they get worse and for me it seems like it gets more personal you know like it seems to me whenever i i from my perspective, and I'm giving this from only my perspective only. So if it seems self-centered, it is. Okay, just by definition of it, it is self-centered. But things always start off globally first, right? So the big global problem is the obvious one, right? COVID-19, the pandemic, the plague, the end of the world, ah, the panic, everything shut down. All right, so that's the big one. That that sets the tone. Um, Then the national one, of course, becomes the aftermath of George Floyd's murder and uh, the the riots, racial tension, uh, all hell breaking loose. The protests, which I think are a beautiful thing, uh, but still it's it's just it's it's turgid waters that we live in now. Right. And and you'll hear me talking in some of these interviews. I just feel like, wow, we were already on the ropes. We were already trying to get by. And then this came up. Shit. Right. So there's the global, then there's the national, and then there's the local. The local directly to me in my world is a lot of the drama that's been going on in the comedy world lately. Now, all of a sudden, comics are getting canceled left and right. They're digging up old stuff, playing old podcast episodes, things like that, and are, are just ruining them. Like, that's just it. That's just it. It's just a game over. Uh, the, the Twitter mobs are going after them. And I'm not I'm not going on either side here, okay? Now, I am going... I, I will say this. I'm just going to put a pin in this, in this topic and in this discussion uh, because I want to get into it further um, later on this week. Uh, in some further interviews that I've got planned and some further stuff I just want to talk about directly with you. But just skip it over that for now. We're going to discuss that because I've, trust me, I've brought up the people that are involved in it before. So uh, I am personally connected to some of the people involved in some of the shit going on right now. So I feel like my opinion uh, needs to be uh, heard. I'm, I'm actually having, you know, I feel the, what do you call it? The, the, I feel the pressure to to say something about it. So I will, but not not here right now. But my point is, is that it just keeps like the Truman show just pushing toward me. <laughs> and like I said, I, I, your mileage may vary. You were listening somewhere in the suburbs of Ohio. Uh, you don't live the same life I do. So this isn't affecting you. But the, for me, this is it's like the world sucks. The nation sucks. And your particular industry sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just going to keep digging down and down. I felt the same way when this all started and it was cruise ships that started uh, getting canceled because I half my half my gigs are on cruise ships. 
right? And I, I'm not a big cruise guy. I'm not connected and give a shit really about the cruise industry. It's not, I don't work for them. I work on them, right? So that's just like a gig. It's like a, a strip mall I go to to tell jokes at. I'm not, I'm a, I'm a bar entertainer. I'm not in the bar business, right? But it's still, it was, everything was coming down perfectly, exactly right on screwing what my world was. And now once again, right down into, into what my world is. Right. And it, and, I, and I'm not making a value judgment about the, the any of the uh, the situations or the uh, events or the the jokes, the assaults, any of that stuff. I'm not making I'm not saying that I, I'm just saying that it's it's just keeps stirring up my world. It keeps fucking with my chi. You know, and I'm trying to maintain my chi. I'm trying to I'm trying to stay cool. I'm trying to stay productive. I'm trying to stay positive. I'm trying to stay productive all the time. And you know, you'll hear me talk about it in today's episode because we kind of, I think, me and Seth both kind of have the same feelings a lot, right? And we're processing it in similar ways. Uh, so it was a good talk, and, and I'm I'm looking forward to getting to that uh, here pretty quick. But right now, I'm just like, fuck, man, I want a break. I just want a break. I. I, I want baseball back for fuck's sake. I want, uh, I want a slice of normalcy. I'm not. I don't want to be in denial. I'm not going to put my head in the sand. I'm not going to be like one of those kind of assholes that just says "fuck it, let's go to the beach." I don't. I I want to go to the beach. I want to go to the pool. I want to do this stuff, but I'm not stubborn and dumb fucked enough that I'm going to go do it anyway. Right? I'm not going to somehow, you know, willfully ignorant blind myself into saying, "Oh, it's all bullshit," and go anyway because I know it's not. I know that the, my comedy industry is completely fucked up and, and, and completely predatory and it always has been and we've always, always known it. You know, I know that shit. I, I wish it wasn't. And I'm happy to talk about it later. I know racism is completely fucked up and it has been and and and, and f- just fuck on that, right? That's just a big old shit sandwich stain on our shirt for 400 fucking years. I just want a day of chill. I want a week that's smooth. I want some just, I know I had to stay home and stay around the family, but I just don't need every device, every outside avenue that comes into my house just to rip my fucking heart out every day. Jesus Christ. Give me a couple days to, to chill. <laughs> give, me, give me some time to process it. I've, I mean, literally, it's like like voicemails on my phone. They're, I've got giant societal issues that are piling up that, that demand my attention, but there's so many so fast that I'm, I'm literally screening my emotional fucking calls. One at a time, please. One at a fucking time. And that's what we'll get into today. Uh, before we jump into the interview, I'd like to play an ad for Old Humble Straight Whiskey. Howdy, stranger. You look like you need a drink. Now, I could pour you something pretentious from some sort of designer bottle, charge you an arm and a leg, pretend you're sitting on a leather chaise stroking something velvet, but to hell with that mess. You need a real man's drink. Get yourself some Old Humble Straight Whiskey down your hatch and get your mind right. Old Humble Straight Whiskey is a clean, crisp, and easy-drinking whiskey from right here in Humble, Texas. 90% corn, 10% malted barley, and 100% ready to whoop your ass. Old Humble Straight Whiskey is the official whiskey of the working man. You ain't got time for inferior brown liquors or bubblegum-flavored schnapps or some overpriced trash vodka poured out some kind of crystal unicorn's ass. Nah, Old Humble Straight Whiskey does the job right the first time. Drinks like a champ. 
no matter how you pour it, on the rocks, neat, in a cocktail, or my favorite, a double shot in a hot glass, clenched in your fist, and thrown back the back of your throat. Old Humble Straight Whiskey, it kicks like a mule, right where you need it, every time. Go to oldhumbledistilling.com, get yourself a big bad bottle at Specs tonight. And if they don't have it where you get your liquor, you need to get somewhere better. Old Humble Straight Whiskey. And welcome to After Later, Mr. Seth Cole. Seth, how you doing? Yay! Hey, thanks for having me, John. Great to be here. <laughs> I like the. I've taken a lot of practice on like how I'm going to introduce people on the show, uh-huh. and uh, tried to be very professional and uh, you know to the point. Uh, but what I found works best is just uh, straight Kermit the Frog from the old fashioned Muppet Show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Please welcome my good friend Seth Cole. Seth, yay! <laughs> I can I can just see your arms flailing around. <laughs> I just did it too. I looked at it. Ah. Sure, you got to do the act out. I think I was talking about this with my kiddo, uh, my oldest, because she didn't believe that the Muppet Show was a real thing. Like the original, like she hadn't seen Muppets from a thousand other things, but never the really? source material of the Muppet Show. Right. Right. And uh, I could uh, explaining it to her, she wouldn't. She wouldn't comprehend it. And the more I watched it, just like on YouTube and like just kind of showing her clips. I realized just how fundamental it is to my entire sense of humor. <laughs> like, we're talking bedrock, brother. Bedrock. Sure. And, like, you can kind of trace back different parts to different characters. Yeah, man. Like, what was it for you? Like, well, first off, Seth, we, we've hardly even really know each other, honestly. We haven't got to hang out in the real world, right. you know, in real life. You know, we, we did, we competed against each other in the Coast to Coast Roast, mm-hmm. which, uh, by the way, to the listeners, Seth was um, a, a, a member of Team Dallas, who had an amazing run. They were tough as shit. Uh, very, very funny. I thought you guys did an amazing job. Thank you. Uh, you're, you know, so you're a comic <laughs> out of Dallas, Fort Worth, whatever the area is, the, 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 the Grand Metroplex. I'm not sure what is what zip code you're in, but it's up there, right? The, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Dallas proper. Oh, oh, hold the phone. We got a we got a fancy man from Dallas probably. Well, well to to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, Dallas is pretty big, just like Houston. So you can be of like, course. Yeah, I'm in I'm in Dallas, but you're not, you know, I'm not downtown or nothing. Um oh, it's like that in Houston too. Like so, oh yeah, I'm from Houston. Oh yeah, what's your address? Well, it's in spring, technically. Right. right or right. Pasadena, actually. But uh yeah, it's all the same. So yeah, I've uh I've lived down. I've lived in Texas for uh, most of my adult life. Okay, I, I'm from Boston, from Boston, Massachusetts. I went wow. uh, born and raised down there, and then I graduated high school, and I actually uh, I went to UT. Oh yeah, down in Austin, mm-hmm. UT Dallas, UT Austin, and oh nice quickly drank myself out of that school <laughs> <laughs> i tell you at those prices it does not take long to have to leave uh yeah my so it turns out my parents were like hey if you're gonna just get drunk on sixth street and fail your classes why don't you go to a different school so yeah have you tried acc uh <laughs> classes are affordable you get a student id so you can get into bars and you can be a bartender and fuck off and do ecstasy welcome to austin yeah, so uh, I actually actually moved to Dallas after I left uh, UT Austin. I finished up up here at a at a different school. Anyway, uh, yeah. then then comedy came and uh, the the cruel mistress of comedy. 
And uh, so, yeah, I've just kind of been doing that. I did have a, uh, a nice marriage and divorce in there to offset any type of momentum I had going. In <laughs> uh, I like how you just threw it out in one little, one little sentence. Like that wasn't uh, about four or five chapters in the middle of your, of your biography. <laughs> uh, we'll just skip over that part for now. We'll double back. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, terrific source material, but you know, other than that, it takes a bite. It definitely takes a bite. No one gets, no one comes out alive with that deal. Really? No. Well, like, so what's, uh, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking, I just turned 45 on Wednesday. Oh, wow. Well, we're basically the same age. I turn uh, 45 uh, first week of August. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're right there in the same. I figured as much. I, I assumed you were close. I, 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 I'm starting to think of myself as older than I am. So I thought that I was a couple years older than you. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of messed up my my water witching as far as, as picking people's ages. Right. Yeah, I definitely have started to lean that way, too, as far as like, well, now I just assume I'm the oldest person. Yeah. Yeah, I've um, uh, I've talked about this before, but I've, I've made recently the peaceful transition to considering myself a older young guy to a younger old guy. Mm, mm. And it kind of feels good. It feels good. Are you still fighting it? Because you're single, right? You're not married anymore. So you're still out. Are you? How's that work? I mean, I am. I mean, I have a girlfriend. I've had a girlfriend for the last. Oh, so you're years. not. Yeah, you're not single then. Right. I mean, she doesn't live with me and. Uh... Oh, she, so you're single. Yeah. Right. And, she's, and she still thinks I'm funny. <laughs> she like, uh, oh, oh the poor girl goes to shows and stuff, you know, well, oh. you know, when we had shows, even open yeah. mics. So. Oh my goodness. Oh, I love hearing that. That's the, for a comic, that's the, that's the true honeymoon stage. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah. Uh, have you had a fight at one of your shows yet? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, that's fight. a good one. Uh, my uh, my girlfriend's uh, surprisingly very very cool with uh, my comedy, very supportive. I mean, we met at a show. Yeah. So uh, she was uh, very very cool about it. As far as my content, what I talk about, she's not. She doesn't get offended. She understands. Like you're just doing comedy. You know, if she gets brought up in there. I never make her look like an asshole or anything. But I mean, I'll poke a little yeah. fun and. Uh, or if I talk about previous relationships or anything uh-huh. like that, she, yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't seem to care about that. So that's 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 good. good. I don't. That's mind. good. That's that terrible. apathy will grow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. But I know a lot of comics who have that uh, that spouse in their life, and they have that pressure that comes along with it. That kind of they feel like they can't say certain things, or they have to write a certain way if they're going to write about them. I've seen this um, where when comics have relationships, if you were already a comic and then got into the relationship, then it's kind of baked in the cake and they just know that that's a part of you and they had to be cool with that or yeah. they weren't going to be cool with it at all. It's the ones that were, they were already in the relationship and then started comedy because it changes you. It changes you. Like, oh, you're, for sure. It changes everything about you. Right. And that's, that's when it's like, what are you doing? I can't believe you talked about me in public. Oh, what if someone from my work was there? Oh, you know what I mean? Right. That, if there are, if you're already a comic, then you're kind of like, okay, that's the deal. You know, that's just, that's just kind of, that's kind of who I am. And, and I, I've had the, what I do with my wife and her family is if I'm, I completely change the voices and the accents mm. to where it actually doesn't sound like them. And sometimes I just use generic names 
So I just changed the name, changed the voice, and it's just that thin veneer enough that it lets them go, it's a character. It's not really me. Sure, yeah. <laughs> if they can they can turn to their friends and say, this is a joke. This isn't really me. <laughs> I helped them write that even. That's always a good one, too. That gets right. you out of trouble. <laughs> right. Absolutely. That was the muse, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, I remember early in my 20s, I started dating a stripper. Oh, and, uh, rite of passage for every comic. And, now, I wasn't even a comic then, uh, but I was... Uh, I started dating a stripper. I was just a horny. That's what made you a comic. I was just a horny, <laughs> horny guy. But uh, like we were, we actually got kind of serious. And I, I said, I gave her the ultimatum. I was like, listen, I don't want you stripping if we're going to continue to date. And she actually quit her job. Oh. And, and we dated and then uh, it didn't work out. And she went back to stripping. But you know what? Props to her for taking that leap of faith. <clears throat> now, if a girlfriend would ever ask me to quit comedy for her, I probably <laughs> probably would have to think about that for a while. Well, it's a different animal. and <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It's a different thing entirely. Like, I don't... Uh, if comedy was painful and way more lucrative, it might seem that way. Like, if I... I had to go shame myself and feel dirty and do comedy and come home with a thousand dollars in a night. Instead, <laughs> <laughs> it's the other way around. I'm I'm purposefully, excitedly humiliating myself for pennies on the dollar. Right. And I mean, in retrospect, I'm I mean, twenty something years ago, flash forward to now, if my girlfriend was like, Listen, I'm making a thousand dollars plus a night, and I'm like <laughs> Listen, if you keep doing that, I can continue to do pennies <laughs> on the dollar comedy. So, I'm all for it. That that's the uh, every stripper's dating a bass player, right? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. You give her twenty, she's given fifteen of that to help support some other dude's dreams. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yo, it feels good. You're either you're either paying for nursing school or uh, court cost or some bass player to uh, to survive and do right. heroin or <laughs> or Seth's uh comedy festival submission fees yeah totally like come on baby hey if you can get these guys and take some paypal <laughs> <if> you can... <laughs> then you can just send it right over to me and i can i can turn in that script mm-hmm. for just for pitching <laughs> yeah. exactly. well i i looked this up and um there's two different sources so i'm kind of confused on my patron saints i'm not a catholic anyway but mm-hmm. you know keeping up with the patron saints has always kind of thought an interesting thing and uh, and the reason I'm iffy on it is because someone just told me some contradicting information, so therefore I've kind of shook my confidence in my reference here. But uh, the strippers and comics essentially had the same patron saint. Uh, saint Vitus was what I had read, right? Okay. So Saint Vitus was the patron saint of comedians, dancers, um, uh, clowns, and something else. Something, something like actually useful. <laughs> <laughs> Cell phone repair you know, screen guys. When the screen gets broken, yeah, right, that guy. Right, he right. Gets... <laughs> <laughs> but that story you just told of you know young people in their 20s one stripper one comic has been acted out like a greek tragedy thousands of times around this country in the last 50 years yeah. it is it is fucking what's it not romeo and juliet what's the other one tristan and he's old there <laughs> it's oh. just this fucking here's some lovers who are going to go through some shit and you got to watch it and they're going to have fun and it's just going to be miserable and tragic and repeat. <laughs> right, right. Now, uh, 
Right now, actually, my uh, my girlfriend actually has a really good job uh, that she gets to keep her clothes on for. That's helpful. And uh, and still is very supportive of my uh, whatever whatever we're doing. Well, what does she do? Because I, I got a theory about that too. Like, if you have a very high achieving uh, a woman who's like a like a professional, like a doctor, a lawyer, any of that kind of stuff, any like those super real big stressful high achieving jobs, they love indulging a happy idiot in their home. They all well, want to have the Seth Rogen painting stuff and rolling joints and sitting around giggle laughing. Right. She uh, she doesn't have a very high stressful job. I mean, she is uh, she is a wealth management recruiter. So what that means is she is a recruiter, like you know she gets people jobs, but people that are investment loan officers, those type of things, to, to work for banks. So wow, she That's... she hires financial advisors basically. That's uh, uh, yeah, I can see how that's not exactly creatively fulfilling. It seems like uh, right, you're just right. you're just poaching people who already have a job that are good at it to work for your company. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, that's a, lo- a lot of that. You can get it, and uh, like a, a bird of prey. And so, yeah, she needs. Uh, she definitely needs an outlet for sure. <laughs> well, how have um, how's it been going for? Uh, you guys with the with everything shutting down, man. Are you uh, staying healthy? You got any got any Rona near you? Um, I well, I mean, I'm in Dallas. Like I said, I am in the Dallas County, and Dallas County is uh, flaring up. The- yeah, it's not great. It's uh, yeah, it's a bad case of the old whatever. Uh, it is flaring up for sure. Uh, they definitely uh. They're not doing a great job here, I'm guessing. I don't know. Well, well, what's it like when you go, if you go to the store, is it just packed full of idiots not wearing their mask? I'm, I mean, I'm in North City, Houston. That's kind of what I'm surrounded by, people who think this is all bullshit. Well, here, they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty good about it. They're pretty good about it, and I am as well. I'm also, uh, my, my mom, I, I live near my mom, and she's kind of in a compromised uh, state as far as, Health-wise, yeah. She, yeah, susceptible in age and so forth. So, um, but pretty, people are pretty studious about wearing their masks and so forth. And every once in a while, there's a few. But if you, if I go up north, uh, and I don't know, I guess they just, they get dumber up north, wherever you are, right? <laughs> um, it's yeah. like, it's like, it's not even happening. And I, and I, I, I do get it as far as the number of cases is significantly lower, but there's well, they're not... dumb enough. To, they're dumb enough. I because I've stopped at that Bucky's on on seventy five north of town, right? Oh, in Denton, yeah, yeah. Not even no, not even on Denton. This is the one. Uh, um, is it McKinney or something like that? It's the one that's yeah. north side off of you know north okay. of Dallas, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, this was right in the fucking height of it, like right around the beginning of April. And we walk, me and Tommy Drake, we walk in with mask on. And they looked at us like we had three fucking heads. Like literally, there was local cops all huddled up at the Bucky's drinking coffee and eating shit. Yep. And they they looked at us like like dorks. Mm-hmm. Like, look at these fucking idiots walking in here with mask on. And I was like, these these fucking people are all going to be sick as fuck very soon. Yeah, it's so weird that the mask has taken on this weird like oppression thing and not like a science thing. And it's that big anti-science bias. And, I mean, 
I don't it's know. It's so it, dumb. It really is. It's so it's fucking stupid. It's not even. I mean, it's not just dumb. It's like inconsiderate. It's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not for you. It's for the other people. And yeah. It's like I don't give a shit about anybody. This is my right to kill people. And it's it's immature, is what it is. It's it's. Uh, I read this, and I, it's not mine, but uh, uh, people are all about their rights without respecting their responsibilities to go with it and that's mm-hmm. what makes it fucking childish yeah you know i think I, I just yesterday i just watched the big uh you know aubrey huff his rant. oh yeah he fucking went nuts did you see the video of him uh on I, I, so he I tweet, saw about he, a minute of it yeah so yeah he tweeted something and then the next day he did like a video uh you know exclaiming how awesome uh you know the rights are of Americans. And he's sitting in his car with his seatbelt on. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Doug Stano pointed that out. Like, oh, you're you're talking about constitutional laws and you're wearing a seatbelt. Right. Fucking ridiculous, man. <laughs> anyway. You know, isn't it crazy how this some people have just completely blossomed into loving it? Like there's a there's a weird sect of people who have just been, I guess, harboring weirdo right-wing shit for years and being quiet about it. And it's mm-hmm. like the cover is off and they are fucking... It is spring fucking break for them, man. Yeah, it's it, like, finally, the the, you know, the the gloves are off and I can say how I feel. Like Some amazing. people have been harboring this shit for a while. It's amazing, man. It really is. But this is... Uh, I don't I don't want to talk about this bullshit. This is not sound interesting. It's, I, I, you, you know... <laughs> Good call. Good call, Seth. Yeah, d- here's the thing, though, and my thought of it is that it's just too big of a thing. It's the enormous elephant in the very small room. There's no way to not talk about it, right? Yeah. So it, we've, it, we've serviced it now. We've talked about that part. Right, right. We're, cl- we're clearly uh, mask-wearing people, and right. the only thing I'll say about it is what pisses me off is that it's exactly word for word everything that happened 100 years ago after the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact same dumb fucking people who don't want to wear a mask. And other people say, motherfucker, you do wear a mask. And it's, it's word for word. So it's like, how have we gone exactly a hundred years with the same exact problem? And no one's evolved and no one's passed it. You can't sort of, it's like, it's precedent. Now they were right. The people who said wear a mask after the Spanish flu were fucking right. It's proven. Mm-hmm. And you're just repeating the exact same dumb fucking mistake, which is to me worse than the first mistake. Right. To repeat it is the true sign of fucking stupidity. Right. It's not like we took down the statues of the Spanish flu and that's why we forgot. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. You know, you could have just done that. That's what they should have done instead of having to tear down Robert E. Lee or Nathan Bedford Forrest. Just put a mask on him. Like, oh, look at him riding for health and safety. Now, I I will say this before we get off the subject about about COVID is... um, with all the new things that are coming out from the CDC and WHO and uh, Fauci and you know other experts that yeah. are contradicting things that were said earlier, these the people that you were just talking about, these you know right wing, these conspiracy people, these anti science people are like, see, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about, <laughs> and it's like, well, here's the thing, it's a brand new disease that they know zero about, and so they were basically taking their best guess on how to prevent right. it, how to stave it off a little bit. And every day they're learning something new and they're trying to get that information out. And sometimes it contradicts the previous information. 
And it's not, that's how science works. Science exactly. corrects itself when it's wrong. Exactly. And so all, when you learn that it actually doesn't, uh, you know, the viral load to get you sick probably doesn't actually stay on surfaces. Mm -hmm. uh, so you don't have to wipe down your groceries or whatever. Uh, people <laughs> are like, see, these fucking ass. It's like, no, it's like <laughs> we just learned it. Can you, why don't you just take that information and use it instead? Anyway, so that, no, I mean, that's exactly right. Like that's exactly right. Disconnect where they don't understand how science works. And well, Seth, I, I tell you, I thought the same thing that it was a disconnect, like you said, but it's not. And here's what, here's what bothers me about it. Here's how I know that they know better, but are fucking just playing a part anyway, because, uh, they will ignore 100 things that come from straight up legit reputable sources that tell them something right and they'll ignore it and they'll deny it a hundred fucking times but as soon as that any of those same sources say something like you said like fauci goes hey well it turns out maybe you don't need to you know soak your balls in sanitizing fluid right, right. Be. all of a sudden then they accept the validity of the source and go ha 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 so it's like you can't have, or they'll seek out the crazy ones that, that go against it just, just to have something to hang on to, right? Like having a, an argument point. So it's all about an argument and make and winning a case over the, you fucking idiot. You know that it's better, but you're trying to prove a point here. You know, does that make sense? It's like, it's yeah. fucked up. Like, so clearly they're acknowledging the source when it suits them. So people are shopping for, uh, whatever fake facts generated statistics things that mean nothing a fucking nice looking graph that they can share mm -hmm. no one's taking no one's doing the fucking homework and research on it they're just finding something that's printed that agrees with what they already wanted to think what they wanted to argue with it's fucking yeah. stupid sorry it i don't really is. No, i had no. to just, i just had to peter that all the way out good no i appreciate it. we drove it into the ground here here's my ear okay so here's the, here's the what i want to talk about that's not about it right uh, is just that like well, I just I have found that regulating my emotional output is way harder and mm -hmm. I need to pressure release a lot fast I'm cycling a lot faster than I used to oh yeah I used, I I used to kind of my my waves were longer and now it's it's more choppy water right so I've learned how to just sort of accept it when I feel hot and just fucking walk away from shit and and retreat I don't know. Yeah. Are you feeling more like that? Are you feeling more sensitive, more raw? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I mean, along with, you know, all the the COVID stuff and the quarantining, that was really just a powder keg. And then you throw on the, all the race stuff. And then <laughs> what do yeah. you expect is going to happen? Oh, I know. So and like shit's gotten really, really nasty for a lot of people. And People are kind of going one of two ways with it, you know. They're yeah. uh, they're like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and and as like you and myself, we, I mean, we're both you know white guys. It's like, well, mm. uh, what are you what are you gonna do about it? Are you gonna <laughs> right? I, and because should you be doing something about it? And I, I think it kind of for me, it kind of was all like, okay, I have kind of had my head in the sand far too long. And so I'm going to educate myself as much as I can about it and really started to dive deep into it, into whatever white privilege, into mm -hmm. whatever, you know, how real 
is this, uh, you know, whatever, 400 years of oppression, you know, what, educate right. myself because, you know, history books were written by white people. So exactly. Hey, let, me, let me find out what actually happened. And so I've been doing a lot of that. I've been trying to spread that education to other people that want to learn it. I'm not pushing my agenda on people and, you know, shoving it down their throats. But if people are kind of looking around for resources, I'm reaching out to them on Facebook or email or whatever and kind of giving them that. And then, there, of course, there's the other sect that are like, oh, that's fucking bullshit. You know, this is way out of overblown. It's just the that's left way. That's the people that are whatever. defensive. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's just, I mean, that it just, it just isn't true. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. No, it's not. Anyway. Well, hold on a second, Seth. So you're telling me you've been doing some serious um, history homework, right? Uh, yes. 100%. Have you been compiling like links? Do you have like, if, let's say, hey, Seth, yeah. I'm a white guy. I don't know about all this black stuff. You got mm -hmm. any links for me? So you have a compiled list of links. Uh, there's actually a terrific uh, Google Doc out there that is, uh, mm -hmm. it's basically an anti-racist uh, scaffolding. That oh, is four right, I get that. It, it, I'll set. I'll shoot it to you. It's like I need basically, that. It's four white people, and it's like, hey, I'm feeling this way. Okay, check out this resource. Uh, <laughs> That's perfect. Now, yeah, I need it a really chart. is. It really is. And what's so great, and you know, I've talked to our mutual friend Paul Varghese. Uh, he's an Indian dude, and uh, uh, you know. He doesn't want to hear from white people about how do I be a better white person, which I understand. <laughs> yeah, no, I that's totally not. Understand. We're not at that. We're not at that chapter yet. Everyone needs to just wait for that. Let that. <laughs> let everything pass first. But white people are asking that, and they don't know who to ask. So ask me. I'll go ahead. And uh, if you've never heard of Jane Elliott, I highly suggest you look her up. I'll shoot you uh, an interview by her. She was a third grade teacher. And the day after MLK was assassinated, she started an experiment called the Brown Blue Eye Experiment, where she separated her class by eye color and then treated them differently based on that to, to ex basically explain racial oppression. Huh. And, uh, and she's been doing it for years. And this lady is a bad bitch. She is awesome to listen to. <laughs> I mean, she just shoots straight from the hip. I mean, she's in her 80s now. I mean, I wish she could run for office. She's, yeah. just, a, she's just a badass and really explains things uh, as black and white as possible and is really clear, concise, super knowledgeable. And, and I've been reading some books. Uh, I'm reading a book right now. It's called On Tyranny. And it's not racially biased. It's not anything about that. It's basically uh, 20 things... Uh, over the in the 20th century that we've done to get away from what our country was built on as mm -hmm. far as you know the two-party system uh prejudice in any in many different ways and just kind of how they're kind of in voter oppression all these different things that are in there and it's not left or right based at all no. but it's really really interesting to see because all these things are kind of gradual changes that are kind of leading up to what's happening right now and it's pretty scary um but uh again more very exciting topics that we're talking about Super yeah exactly funny. uh yeah let's get off this covid stuff and let's really dig into the racism <laughs> tell you what, what, a, what a, why don't 
why don't, why, don't, why, don't, why don't we why don't we hit a break and we'll talk about something funnier on the way back? <laughs> I couldn't have said that better, Seth. I'll tell you what, you got this kid, you got a broadcasting in your future. Let's do that. Let's let's chill out. Are we we've we've chewed enough through fucking horrible current events? We'll be right back talking some silly shit with Seth Coles in just a second. Awesome. <laughs> Welcome back to the after Later Podcast, I'm your host, John Wessling. Joining me today is noted social critic and deep thinker, <laughs> Seth Coles. Hello, hello, yes. And occasionally, Dick Choke protagonist. Yes, I, uh, I believe he's coming to us today from the Southern Poverty Law Center. We're really going to deep dive <laughs> into what we've done wrong as white people. You know, it's funny, Seth. I look back at the, the good old days of the early COVID outbreak. You know, I mean, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. late March, early April, uh, when it yes. was all when it was all innocent and fun, and we're king. Oh and everyone's yeah, doing Zoom shows, and people are talking about self care and baking bread. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. you know what I mean. It was so, not, and I, I, I love the the way we just turned this bitch up to eleven, where everyone is chill like that. Everyone's kind of accepting it and moving on. And everything's about self-care. If you're having a bad day, don't be hard on yourself. Just check out. Go play in the garden, right? It was all about managing your stress. And then this George Floyd situation (laughs) popped off, right? (laughs) And now it's like, fuck that. Fuck that self-care. You need to think about everything that is wrong (laughs) and changing everything right now. (laughs) it, It was like we went from having a stoner party where everyone was chill, high, watching silly shit on Netflix, and then a bunch of dudes on Coke showed up to the party. Yeah, that's exactly right. Who really changed the energy, and now you have to focus and think about this hard, detailed, long shit for a a while now. And it's like, fuck, I I need a self-care day. Right. (laughs) Guess what? Baking bread's not going to solve racial equality. So, <laughs> well, just, but what about today though? It'll give me some bread so that I can think about racial inequality. Goddamn! Uh, I just feel like okay. Here, here's my thing in a nutshell. Uh, I'm I'm a white guy from the south. I'm in my mid forties. Um, I I agree with everything. The entire premise. I believe Black Lives Matter. Uh, I think it's some horse shit the cops have been doing to black people for goddamn ever. And it's obviously systemic racism, and I get it, and I accept and, and have used white privilege to my benefit. I get it. I want everyone to have white privilege. I don't want everyone to, to have to live a shitty life. I want everyone to be able to wave at a cop when you're driving by, you know what I mean, without fucking yeah. shit going down. I, I want everyone up at our level. But here's my thing. I get it. I get it. I fucking get it. And I'm with it, and we need to change it. But when it first popped off, like when the first day when the, the, the footage of George Floyd being killed by the cop, I oh. hate to admit that one of my thoughts was, do we have to do this now? <laughs> <laughs> Can't we wait until, I don't right. know, something, let's get our feet underneath us first. But right. I, I get it. You don't, you don't get to pick when a fight starts, right? Let's get, you know? let's get a handle on this pandemic first. Right. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's like Fight Club. I'm like, hey, guys, one of the rules of Fight Club after the don't talk about it is one fight at a time. Right, right. That's, it's People not just awful, a goddamn melee. Yeah, they often overlook rule number three because rule number one and two are so cool. But yeah, one fight at a time. Yeah. One fight at a time. Two people per fight. 
And if it's your first time, you're going to fight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Now that, oh, shit. Right? That, that actually might be white privilege there, you knowing uh, word for word the the script from Fight Club. Oh, yeah, the rules of Fight Club. Oh, I know. I Everything that I've found that is have been a part of my life for the last 20 years is now suddenly problematic. And uh, (laughs) I've had to examine everything I like. Uh, It's starting with, and this is, this one pissed me off was fucking new balance shoes. Oh yeah. I've got like fucked up goofy feet and new balance were like the only shoes that felt good. Yeah. They they make high quality shoes, man. Yeah. They're fucking great. Right. So I'm wearing them for years and I'm I'm not wearing the goofy old man shoes. I, just regular. But the, I like you're them. not you're, you're not wearing the stepdad two thousands. No, 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 exactly. But what's happened is is the the culture has turned against them, mm-hmm. and now it's like I don't mean to. Now, what if I if I I purposely don't wear them in public because I don't want to be the butt of a New Balance dad fucking racist joke. So I'm like, shit, this is affecting the comfort of my feet. Yeah. This is affecting my gait, my actual walking. <laughs> yeah, you you have to be able to ju- listen. I I get that you don't agree with the shoe, but if I if they make if I, the comfortable shoes make me in a better mood, I can support your cause. Right. Why does that have to be about shoes? Every shoe is problematic. Nike's made by fucking slave labor in Indonesia for Christ's exactly, sake. Exactly. Exactly. But we're not to that fight yet, John. No, I know. I know exactly. Yeah, I can't. I can't say all shoes matter. I can't fucking go that way. And at this point, I just have to fucking have to find some ethically sourced fucking free will. What do you have to get left left leaning shoe? You have to wear Tom's or whatever, or what are the been seeing the commercials that are the ones that are made out of eucalyptus and sugar cane. I don't even fucking know what those are. They're probably $400 or something. I think now you, you have to, you, if let's say you wanted to buy your regular, uh, just white guy American shoes. Right now, the thing is, you have to buy them from a company that donates an, a pair of shoes to some downtrodden society. So you have to you have to offset shoes. Like when you buy shoes, they send free shoes to some other dude who needs shoes. Well, the, so that's how you, that's how your white guilt wash now. Well, the new thing is the brand new thing is I don't think uh, you make your own shoes at home. Just like bread baking, they have this DIY where you make your own shoes. And no fucking way! Make your own shoes. We're not there yet, are we? Are we that? Are we that fuck? Are we into the pre-apocalyptic? <laughs> make your fucking shoes. No, John. I'm trying to be funny, and it's. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't. It was believable. So keep, I'd keep doing that joke. <laughs> Finish that bit. You know what I mean? You you come up with a believable way to take a, a bicycle tire tread, a couple banana leaves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, take your used mask if you can make your shoes out of your used mask there we go oh dude upcycling everybody loves upcycling right come up with some catchy logo oh dude all right oh, the, ban- the we'll, banana shoes all right we'll, we'll work on this offline i think yeah we got i think something. we will i think we got something hey. I, Seth, you, you, I don't know if you've heard too much of the podcast, but essentially, After Later is not just a, a comedy podcast. Oh, I, uh, I, we don't I, we don't just tackle the biggest social issues of the world. Uh, it's also an incubator for billion dollar ideas. <laughs> it's it's a lot like TED. It's a TED Talk kind of a medium that we have here. We inspire. I, I don't even to know. Inspire. I don't even know if I should tell you this idea. I feel <laughs> it's too. 
this idea I have is too good. And well, it might it feel like it might get stolen if I mention it to you on. Air I think or... it's it would be protected. This would be a time stamped. You know, almost like this would go toward your patent or your trademark uh, case. If, well, I'm, if it I'm came currently down to it. I'm cur- patent pending. Okay. Is, uh, I want to make an app uh, that lets you know when the light turns green. Okay. I get it. That's actually. I mean, so you're you're texting on your phone, looking down, and then the app takes over and goes, "Go, bitch," or whatever. So you don't get honked at from the person behind you. Dude, that's that's a great idea. Because people are looking at you. I mean, obviously, people are not supposed to look at their phones while they're driving. Correct. But they do anyway. They so do. this would be like, so this is a perfect backup system. Wow, that would work. That and, would nobody, totally work. And, and nobody wants to be the asshole who's looking at their phone. And nobody really wants to honk at the guy who's mm-hmm. who doesn't know. They know what they're doing. Because they've done it themselves. Yeah. You know, but they, so they, you know, they're like, how long do I wait? So this app kind of shoots up and interrupts whatever you're doing and says, the light's green, get your ass in gear or whatever. The only problem is um, without actually hooking into the citywide light system, which I'm sure they would be more than happy to share, uh, I would actually have to kind of build a database of, the timing of all the lights. I don't know. I don't think you would. Well, first off, there is no there is no timing of the lights. So many of them are used by sensors and adjust at different times. So you, you, there's no way you can just sort of have that automatic. It comes from the RF off of the modern light system, though, because they already have a little signal coming out of it anyway. Right, but that is, but that is not, but that's like city or government regulated, and they're not going to share that information. They would. I think, think that's so? that's the, that's the hard part. Yeah, you just have to get like because my because my app my app is kind of promoting illegal activity. I think it's a safety net for people that are doing illegal activity anyway. Well, sure, okay. That's I mean, that's how that's how you sell it. You sell it that way. It's not about well, that's about like endorsing it. It's about this is your backup emergency plan. Well, is that is that like is that like having coffee and breath mints on the way out from the bar? You're no. like here. Here's a cup of coffee and some breath mints in case you get pulled over. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think well, I think first step is as soon as this podcast is over, you need to go talk to a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> well you need well, to get a lawyer involved. Here, in that. Here's the thing. I'm a Jew. I am okay. a Jew, so I definitely have lawyers in my family. And that's not even racist that we just do. Um, that's not even stereotypical. It's just well, no. It is racist and it is stereotypical, but it's positive, so it's okay. Right. And I can say it because I'm a Jew. Yeah, I if I would have said as soon as you said that, like, oh, you're Jewish, you got lawyers in the family, Uh-oh. right, right. That 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 was racist, right? If, that would you would sound like Paul Varghese if you said that. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay if he does it because he is a person of color. Did I well, say that correctly? Not, actually, I think it's okay that he does it because we've known each other for you know twelve, thirteen years, and we bust each other's balls about everything. You know? Well, that helps so too. Because we're comics, so everything's everything's on the table. Yeah, yeah, you know, you still got to be careful, even with your old friends in comedy. I've learned you can't you can't take the familiarity too far. There's a 
there's a, there's a there's a there's definitely a hard limit you know what i mean there's a there's a there's a word you can say that you are not as cool as you thought you were yeah uh yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. and actually i had this isn't even really a bit but this happened to me i've done it a few times on stage back when we used to perform on stage and what was that like <laughs> remember live comedy <laughs> um and it was uh like i have a lot of uh i have a lot of black comedian friends that i'm very cool with and uh I remember I'm Tom was talking, pitching some joke. And one of them was like, Hey man, you know, you can say the N word around me. Like you're cool. And I was like, mm. nah, I can't. And I'm not falling no. for, and I know it's a trick. That's a it's, fucking trap. It's a trap. And it's like something that's going to be hilarious later to mm. you. So fuck you. I'm not falling for it. And it's just more like advice that I give to other white people who are dumb that they're like, no, they said I could say it. And they're like, yeah, they're just doing that. So you will say it. And then mm-hmm. they're, they're going to look at you like, I don't fucking know this honky. <laughs> exactly. Then the hilarity ensues. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've learned that an individual black person does not have the, the jurisdiction Mm-mm. to give you that license for anywhere other than their immediate company. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because if you assume that privilege and there is a, a, a third party uh, black person there who was not hip to this arrangement, Correct, the, correct. The original uh, uh, license issuer will null and void that immediately and disavow any knowledge of, <laughs> of uh, the prearranged uh, agreement. 100%, yes. <laughs> so as the person of no color that we are, you have to be on your toes that this legal ar- arrangement is uh, tenuous at best. <laughs> right. And so basically what that boils down to is <laughs> – don't fall for it, you stupid white guy. I mean, yeah, that's exactly. Like, don't. Yeah, it's a trap because they're like, "Oh, you you wanted to say that for a long time, didn't you? Oh, you've been you, you just couldn't wait. That doesn't sound like the first time you said it. Yeah, there's a thousand there's a thousand things can happen, and none of them are good. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. And like, I was like trying to think back. I'm like, have I ever used that word? And, um. You went to you. You're telling me you were born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts, and went to high school there. Graduated high school there, and you've never used that word, or heard it, or been around it. Well, I've definitely definitely heard it, been around it. I mean, again, uh, I'm a Jew. Uh, Ah, my stepfather stepfather was half black, half Native American. Um, My mom like marched in the civil rights rallies, you know, and shit like that in the '60s. That's pretty cool. Uh, So I, I was not raised as like that was a thing to that was cool um however i was also uh a child of the 80s uh you know gangster rap so that was i was like okay when i was listening to nwa or public enemy or something like that and i'm singing along with the song that's when it would come out when i was but as far as using it Ever no, I like that was just well, and and when other people would say it, I it would like offend me and I didn't even like I was like I don't we can't say that like I was like yeah. that's not our thing and I knew that like in the eighties. Mm-hmm. I I will admit this much, and I don't know why I would admit this much. Go ahead. This feels like the right thing to do. I have said it in uh, joking context. Now there might be a bad decision ultimately, <laughs> yes. but it the times I've said it are fully in satire of saying it. Sure. And it was only to be shock, shockingly funny. Mm -hmm. Right. I've never said it 
from the heart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Never, right. never said it in earnest. Now, I think that's a big difference. You know what I'm saying? It, it is. I, I made bad is, decisions. Definitely not a justifier. No, 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 no. And no, of course. Mo- I mean, moving forward, I would like to think that you won't be doing it again. Of course, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I'm not that kind of idiot. <laughs> They're like, no, no, listen. Billy D said I could say it. Yeah, it was funny at the time. It's hard to explain. I mean, if you're going to pull out an old podcast episode and ruin me with it, I can go ahead and give you which numbers and the and the right. URL to, to, to get a good, clean link. Right, but you're not, and you're not running for office anytime soon. So no, I, obviously not now. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> now that we've done this one, I did, and I know that you did not expect. You're like, oh, Seth's going to expose all my horrible past regressions on this podcast. I, I talk about it too much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, like I was just thinking about that because I, for the last uh, couple of weeks, I've been listening to like old Public Enemy songs. And it's a good time to do it. So this is a perfect time to, to listen. Really, to and like again. really kind yeah. of dissecting the lyrics, and I'm remembering all these kids that I went to high school with that are all over my Facebook, taking opposite sides of what I'm, you know, preaching and believing right now. And I'm like, you listen to the same shit I did. I mean, were you not hearing what Chuck D was talking about, and you know what he stood for, and what Fight the Power was about, and all this stuff. And there was like, it wasn't, it wasn't because it was a funky beat that you liked it. Everything you liked everything about it. And now you seem to have forgot. So it was just kind of interesting to me. It's odd. Like I still cannot process racist younger than me. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. to me, like how could you have grown up in the world that I grew up in or even more advanced since then and be a crazy fucking racist? How do you grow up listening to fight the power and then becoming someone who is like, fuck yeah, fight with the power. Hell <laughs> yeah. Blows you know I mean? me away, man. Blows How do you make that jump? What, where, where does that happen? Where do you I, harden in life that you're like, fuck yes. I don't, I don't understand whatsoever. Do they watch, they watch star Wars and root for the empire because that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's clearly like, yes, crush the rebellion, crush those motherfuckers. Yes. Blow up that whole planet. That'll show them woot. You know? And listen, I was I was all like, I could not believe you know that. And then until the Ewoks show up, and then I was like, all right, you know what? Yeah. Fuck the rebellion. This but, got weird, yeah. But it was just because it was really the Ewoks, and that, and that's not even a racist thing. Oh well, the whole thing's obviously a a racist allegory. I mean, look at the stormtroopers, all white in uniform. Mm-hmm. Come on, mm-hmm. obviously. And then the rebellion is made of the ragtag groups of different colors and cultures and and species and little tiny furries and weird ass large goat people. I mean, That's right. they're, they're, they're all accepting and yeah, yeah. You never see any fucking fishmen like Admiral Akbar on the Death Star working for the Empire. No, it's always weird Austrian actors. <laughs> right? I mean, that's what they all are. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think we've solved enough problems and pre-canceled ourselves here today, Seth. I Excellent. feel like we did a, this, was, this was a solid hour. This was a good, this was a good talk. I hope, hey, I'm going to be up there. Um, I'm doing 2nd and 3rd of July in, in Fort Worth. Uh, oh, if you're okay. a, around or in town, I'll be up there with Tommy Drake. We might, uh, I don't know if yeah. you're getting out of the house or if you're doing anything, if you wanted no. to maybe pop out for a six foot away drink. Uh, yeah, no, a hundred percent. We, Paul and I just had Tommy on our zoom show uh, earlier this week. And 
was very cool. He's a, he's an awesome guy. But yeah, yeah sounds uh, great. Yeah, let's definitely get together and wave to each other from our cars. And yeah, that sounds like fun. Now, hold on, let me promote some stuff here real quick before I get down to the final question. Uh, you mentioned Paul Varghese, oh, who's also been on an episode of uh, After Later. Uh, you guys, and you've had me on as a guest as well when we were doing the roast. Um, uh, your your Zoom show that you stream live on Facebook, and I love the way you guys do it because you're so anti uh, uh, publicity that it has zero name, zero website. There's really no way to find it unless you are personal friends with you or Paul Varghese, right? That's pretty much it. Yes, that's uh, it, that is hip as fuck, dude. You get that, right? I mean, that's no, we are we are going on Fiverr and buying logos. You're you're just doing we're, the we're, work, baby. We're definitely the bar from swingers where it's cool because we don't have a sign outside. So it's like, you know how to find us. Yeah. Well, I recommend it. You, if you're out there, I'll just say it like this. If you're listening and you want to see uh, Paul and Seth uh, shoot some shit. Uh, yeah. The, Paul be- Varghese. the best yeah. way to do it is to follow me on Facebook, follow, follow Paul on Facebook. We, cause we do advertise it on Facebook and you can get our Zoom link there, or you can hop on Facebook Live. But it's a really good time. Uh, we we don't force anything. We really let the game come to us. And as you can attest, it's a it's a real good time. <laughs> I like the way you say that. That's a that's a great way to look at it. That's a mature comic uh, vibe right there. Just just lay back and let it come to you. Don't force it. Absolutely. Now your Twitter is Seth underscore Coles, and that's C O W L E S. Correct. On Instagram, you can follow the man at Comedy Face Seth. Yes. I like that. It's a good. That's easy to remember. Now, uh, Seth, appreciate you coming on today. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with my final question. You know. Okay. Um, as you know, we just spent a good 40, 45 minutes talking about the decay of modern civilization and. Mm-hmm. The dirge of the pandemic and racial inequality. You know, the good stuff that we expect. Sure, hilarious. Yeah, it was a good time. Baking bread. We talked a little bit about baking bread. <laughs> but that kind of brings me to my question. It is a, a podcast that was born out of plague and pandemic and strife. Lots of strife. I look. I try to remain optimistic in public, but uh, realistic and pessimistic uh, in private. And I think about what if this got horribly worse? What if this escalated all the way to a full and complete economic societal collapse and we find ourselves in a goddamn Mad Max, Walking Dead style dystopian fucked up future? What would you do to survive, Seth? How would you get by? What skills do you have outside of comedy that translate into a, a real work with your hands kind of world? Well, I have a I have a couple ideas. I'm I'm not a great uh, handyman. I'm a little I'm okay. I'm okay mm-hmm. as far as around the house uh, doing you know fixer up or DIY projects. But oh, yeah. my idea, because from every apocalyptic Mad Max movie, everything uh, gas is a big problem. Yeah. Nobody has oh, yeah. any gas. And uh, matter of fact, in Mad Max, they're killing each other for gas. Exactly. Um, which always I thought was hilarious because they were killing each other for gas to go nowhere. Yeah. And they were burning <laughs> all that gas to get the gas. Right. And then they just live in the middle of the, I'm like, you're go- where are you going? Anyway, so. <laughs> uh, I agree. It, it makes no sense when you think. My that. idea would be. Uh, let's, let's learn, let's work smarter. Okay. Not, it's not all let's maybe I'm going to figure out a way to 
fashion machine guns and flamethrowers and stuff to more fuel efficient vehicles to Priuses oh. and things like I mean, because we got to save gas. So maybe let's have a machine gun turret on a Prius and not brilliant and not on the 454 V8 that gets six miles to the gallon. Let's mm -hmm. smarter, not harder. I like it. I like that you're sort of a post-apocalyptic Nikola Tesla. You're yeah. like, we, uh -huh. we got to, clearly we're not going to be able to drill any more gas and, and refine it and blah, blah, blah. We got what we got. So let's start raiding Tesla cars, Prius, mm -hmm. electric motors. Let's start fucking figuring that shit out and hoarding batteries. You're going to be making windmills and shit everywhere. Right. So if you're, if you're the fucking power man, you're going to have, you're going to be very, very valuable in that future. Sure. And I mean, I, I'm totally with putting artillery on these machines because you're going to yeah, need oh, yeah. that to protect oh. it. So, I mean, nothing would be more badass than to see like a Nissan Leaf with a rocket launcher on it. <laughs> that would be fucking rad. I mean, you might have to do some uh, other upgrades as far as sure, making sure. them a little more four-wheel drive, a little more... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. You know, maybe even I think a Prius might work well with a uh, sort of a tank undercarriage. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. a track. Like if you switch it over to a track vehicle. Yeah, yeah. No, just... I, I got you. Listen, I have a. I'll send over a couple specs that I have drawn out already. Okay, good. So good. I like that because the, the 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 way this question morphs is now that you've kind of figured out what you could do to survive. Mm -hmm. Let's say you find yourself in your post apocalyptic travels coming to the coming to the fortified gate of a local warlord and he and all of his men are drawn down on you you're dead to rights how could you ingratiate yourself to them to survive and thrive and even you know either succeed in their environment or to survive it and escape it i think being the fucking power guy making windmills and jacking up their cars and shit is kind of like a electric armorer Absolutely. I'm pretty indispensable. And and if they don't have one of those guys, which they probably don't, because who's mm -hmm. thinking like I'm thinking about this? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody's thinking that many steps ahead. They're thinking like immediately we need to start putting manhole covers on my uh, Dodge Supercharger. And yeah, that's <laughs> not what you want to do. And But once I kind of explain the process, they'll be like, okay, you know what? This guy's got something. I got we are you have we have a corner office for you. Dude, I think I like it. And here's how I think you could even be more evil. Mm, go on. All right. Because think about it, now you're a businessman and you're hawking electricity. Your biggest competitor is gas. Mm, so yes. I think you're sneakily going around blowing up gas stations and poking holes in, in abandoned cars so that the gas leaks out. So you're trying to burn off and blow up all of the available yeah, so that they have to have the electric car, man. Okay, okay. Uh, that, yeah, that seems... See that, I see where you're going. I mean, that seems like very inherently evil. Um, oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I guess you kind of do what you got to do in the apocalyptic world or post-apocalyptic, whatever. I'm not really an evil guy, but I mean, I imagine I'd probably have to maybe get on board. I mean, you do. You, everyone adapts. Everyone uh, adjusts. There's going to be a certain level of hardness that's going to be kind of expected out of you to get by. Yeah, that's right. Whether it's blowing up uh, other people's gas or putting duct tape over the end of your New Balance sneakers so you can wear them out. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I'm just going to put 
because uh, it already has the big N on the side. Right. I'm going to put Ot a racist. There you so, go. There you yeah. go. Thanks again to my guest today, Mr. Seth Coles. Uh, I need, you need to follow uh, Seth immediately uh, on Twitter. Perhaps he will send you a link to that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how to educate yourself for white people uh, on uh, black history. Uh, Google Doc that he was talking about earlier in the show. Uh, but yeah, follow him on Twitter. It's Seth underscore Coles. And Coles is spelled C-O-W-L-E-S. And on Instagram, you can follow him at Comedy Face Seth. Comedy Face Seth. All one word. <laughs> hey, thanks again to my sponsors, uh, Alamo Remedy uh, CBD. That's alamoremedy.com, promo code after later. And Old Humble Straight Whiskey. You'll get a bottle at Specs tonight. I've got a great week of uh, episodes lined up for you. Uh, I'm about to record one for tomorrow uh, in, in a little under an hour with the very funny Mr. Jay Whitecotton. And we'll dig a little bit deeper into all the assorted comedy scandals, if that's what you're into. Uh, after that, I've got uh, Jerome Solomon, who is a uh, writer uh, extraordinaire here in the city of Houston, been covering sports and uh, uh, local news. He's a, just, a, just a, a brilliant guy. Uh, I've done some sports talk radio with him before. Mutual friend of me and uh, Mr. Barry Laminac. And, uh, and, and then that one will dig into their big racial problems, I'm sure. Uh, if anyone else has any other large um, issues that they need solving uh, around the world, perhaps we can dig into that too. And if you'd like to just personally yell at a 44-year-old white male, I'll be happy to, to take that for you. Uh, I grew up in the South. That helps. Uh, really dig in there. <laughs> we'll get into more of that. Uh, but yeah, like I said, great episodes coming up and uh and next week as well i already got some uh i'll be teasing very shortly if you would like to be a guest on the after later podcast please hit me up on twitter i'm always looking for interesting and unique people with a cool perspective on life at john wesling j-o-h-n-w-e-s-s-l-i-n-g or the show's official twitter page uh, after later a-f-t-e-r-l number eight letter e-r the show's facebook page is after later podcast my comedy uh, fan page on Facebook is John Wessling Official. Uh, also, uh, my album is still out there uh, a kicking. Uh, if you'd like to uh, hear one hour of me being clean, oh, oh, that's right, clean jokes. You can play for the whole family. It's called Warm at First, and uh, it's available pretty much anywhere that you buy digital music, thanks to the nice people at 800 Pound Gorilla Records. Uh, streaming on Sirius XM, so if you're a listener on Sirius XM, it's on, I think, two or, two or three of the different channels. Uh, uh, if you ever see me coming across the screen on your SiriusXM, hit a like, would you? Same thing you're on um, uh, Pandora or Spotify, any of that good stuff. Uh, but other than that, folks, for the podcast, uh, appreciate you listening as always. Glad to be back and getting on a, a regular daily um, schedule here. We're going to pump a bunch of these out, and uh, I want to get the conversation moving. I want to get you involved. I want to. I want to feel like you feel what I'm saying. All right. So like I said, keep in touch with me on Twitter, rate the show on Spotify, rate the show on Apple podcast. Uh, give me some reviews, share it with other people and, uh, you know, go check out my sponsors They're good people. I wouldn't have gotten business with them if they weren't. All right. Other than that, it's been a good one. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you very much for listening. After later, I'm John Wessling. Bye. Anyone downstairs to say bye. Nope. All the kids are upstairs. If they were here, they would have said bye. Nailed it.